my buddy Javier used to say about Floyd Mayweather. He used to say, uh, Floyd Mayweather waits for good fighters to be in their wheelchair before he fights them. He waits for them to be in. He wants to see them in their wheelchair. Then he'll fight them. So he kind of wants to take their name. And, it, and it's messed up. It's a paradox because, honestly, the best Floyd Mayweather could be... Now, he could beat anybody out there. I mean, he, he, he is the best of the last 25 years. He is. But there's an asterisk there. You could make a strong argument. I thought he lost the, the Jose Castillo fight, the first fight. I thought he actually lost that fight. They gave it to him. He was in a dog fight there. He sat on the ropes. Castillo was just boom, 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 boom. He didn't punish Floyd. He didn't beat Floyd up. But Floyd sat on the ropes and really couldn't get off because this, this Mexican guy just came and just put him on the ropes and just like, bop, 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 bop. And Floyd wasn't ever in any danger, but he just kind of like, again, he kind of stayed on the ropes, just like, man, you ain't doing nothing and stayed on the ropes. But it's like, oh, wait, this Mexican guy is the aggressor. You're not hurting him, and he's throwing way more volume, and you're fighting more of his style. So it was like a, it was actually it was a tactical, I think Floyd might have been caught off guard. He didn't expect the guy to put him on the ropes like that. So... I thought Castillo actually, and then if you look at the Floyd Mayweather fight, um, you could make an argument that Floyd May, I'm sorry, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, you could make an argument that Oscar De La Hoya, I was at that fight and I was close to ringside, yeah. you could make an argument that De La Hoya actually won that fight. So Michael J, wasn't it Michael J. Fox, he took, he accepted an award and he said, uh, uh, you were robbed, I think, uh, talking about, um, De La Hoya? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, I'm not, those fights were both close, but the point being, Floyd is still the best of the past, you know, because in boxing, it's unfair, like a guy, for a guy to go unbeaten, you remember, Ali had three losses, right, I mean, it's very hard to go unbeaten unless you just are, like, fighting cream puffs and playing all these games and avoiding the best guys, it's like, I think if Floyd had just lined him up and fought everybody in his prime, I think he'd have probably had a loss or two. He still would have been the best, because um, he is. He is. But 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 for whatever reason, I think, I think part of it might have been his advisors. So he had he, he had he actually had brilliant advisors. He had a guy named Al Heyman who went to Harvard, who was his business guy, and he had a guy named Leonard Ellaby. And those two guys, brilliant. I mean, you know, that's why Floyd's a billionaire right now, right? He's the he's he was as of last year the highest paid athlete in the world. Yeah. Um, they were brilliant, but the downside of that is like what you said. They were so brilliant at guiding him, and one thing that they did that was brilliant is they squeezed out the middleman, right? So it used to be that he he was under Bob Arum, who's another Harvard guy who was a federal prosecutor and who became one of the premier fight promoters. And Bob Arum, you know, Mayweather was like. I think it was the story is something like Mayweather went to Bob Arum one day, and this was years ago, and he's like, I want to make, I, I'm making this number. It was somewhere in this ballpark. Look, I want to make $10 million for my next fight. Yeah. You know, $10 million, $12 million. And Bob Arum was like, you know, you can't make that money. Like, you, you might never make that money. And then Mayweather and his people basically went back and were like, okay, give us a figure. We want to buy out the contract. You know, if we're not going to make, 10 or whatever it is, $12 million paydays, I'm making that number up, but it was somewhere around there. If we're not going to make that, then we just don't want to be in this. So Bob Arum, probably one of the dumbest things ever, because he had Mayweather under contract, but was like, he basically, like a game of poker, like you talk about poker, he's like, all right, I'll call your bluff. All right, give me whatever, I'm making this number up too. I'm making, but give me 20, 25 million, you buy out your contract. You'll be done. Good luck. 
good luck to you going out and making that kind of money. Nobody wants to watch you. Yes, you're an Olympic gold medalist. Yes, you're phenomenal. The, the market's not there. You're not exciting. You're not in dramatic fights. You know, people don't like you as a person. So, you know, good luck to you. And Mayweather uh, basically turned the industry on its head because he became the first person to basically say, look, I'm going to squeeze out the middleman. I'm going to squeeze out the Don Kings and the Bob Arams. I'll squeeze out the promoter. Who's the British guy? The promoter? I think he promotes like Anthony Joshua. Frank Warren. I think that's the name. Frank Warren, yeah. But brilliant. I mean, because Mayweather never could have made that money. It would have been a fraction of the money if he had had Aram and them. But then when he did that, then Oscar De La Hoya was like, oh, let me kind of follow that blueprint. Now, Connor, to the extent that he could, kind of did that with the boxing fight, you know. But everyone's, every fighter dreams of that where they can squeeze out the promoter and, and take home all the money. But, but Floyd really was because of his advisors. So the downside of that strategy, the upside of it was they all made a lot of money. He's basically a billion-dollar athlete. The downside is, like you said, he, it's the appearance of he ducked people during their prime, and there's a lot of them. Sugar Shane Mosley, there was uh, Paul, what was his name? Paul, uh, gosh, Paul, a guy who wound up being paralyzed from an accident. Um, there were a number of them, you know, he just didn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't fight him. Even De La Hoya, he fought De La Hoya later. Then um, even when he did with Canelo, he wisely fought Canelo when Canelo was still really green and inexperienced. He didn't, you know, he didn't wait. I mean, to fight Canelo. Canelo's a lot more seasoned now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the, there's the, the, there's definitely validity to that. I, I don't think it's that like because like even people would say that about Pacquiao, right? He could even say he avoided Pacquiao, but he would always have beaten Pacquiao. I mean, it's just through this, he always would have been a bad matchup for Pacquiao. Um, I think he, he's always been risk versus reward. And I think for him to think, well, if I'm going to make 15 million for the fight, and this is a very smart thing that he did. And George St. Pierre did a variation of this by retiring early. This is my opinion, why it was very smart. I wrote a story before George St. Pierre retired. I wrote before he announced his retirement, I wrote why it would be very intelligent for him to retire. He was 32 on top of the world. And I wrote why it makes sense and why I think it's real. And I wrote that before he did it, you know, weeks before he did it. And Floyd Mayweather, it's the same. Floyd was very smart with this. Like, So in, in Hollywood, they have what's called a Q rating. You don't know if you've heard of the Q rating. So Q rating in Hollywood is basically you're Chris Howard, and there's a dollar sign. There's a, there's a figure on, like, your net worth. There's a range. So that right now, they'll have, it, you know, it can change from year to year. But right now, you know, Chris Howard's doing these, Winning roles, Chris Howard is worth between 15, you know, 50 and let's say 80 million. Right? That's your Q rating. Somebody else, Sly Stallone, Schwarzenegger, um, and, you know, Dana White has it. So, so you would say you, you have a Q rating. A Q rating is like what you could make via sponsorships, a lot of things. So when you, what, what Floyd and them were very smart is to realize is like, they didn't always jump at short-term money. Like, for instance, you could say, well, years ago, you fight Manny Pacquiao, hey, Floyd, you can make 18 million or 20 million for this fight. Sounds like a lot of money. Like, wow, that's a lot of money just to get in there and fight with a guy, a guy you're probably gonna beat, right? So it sounds really good, but they would look at the downside of like, well, wait, if we lost, 
one of those or even two of those? What does that do to us long term? And they would look and say, man, we could make 200 million over the next you know, year and a half or you know, next three years versus 20 million now and then another 20 million. But then if we lose one or two, we would lose leverage. So our net loss would be even bigger. Basically what I'm saying is our Q rating, we, would just, we, we could dent our Q rating. As long as we just keep winning, our Q rating is up to the long term. Is the Q the quotient or? Yeah, I'm not saying that they, I'm using the Q rating as an analogy. I'm, I'm sure that Floyd, Floyd and them were not thinking in those terms, but I'm using it as an analogy where, so even George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre, and I wrote this for Yahoo Sports when he retired. It's like, George St. Pierre, when he retired on top of the world, it's like, wait. If, if you retire now at 32, right? on top of the world, like I'm the best ever, I'm arguably the best ever, me, Anderson Silva, Fadier Melianko at the time, um, we're the best ever, right? Yeah. You're in that discussion. So in terms of, let's say, a Q rating, which I'm just using as a metaphor, it's like, what are you worth the rest of your life? Like if I had a GSP, if I was managing GSP, I'd say, you know what, GSP, you got such a squeaky clean image. Right. You've never been popped for steroids. You're, on t you're leaving on top. You're one of the greatest ever. You're a Hall of Famer. You're what every brand would love. I think if you did nothing for the next 20 years, that in sponsorships we could make you 15 to 20 million. If you did nothing. Now, if you keep taking these fights, maybe they're paying you seven or eight million. If you keep taking these fights, you might make seven or eight million for the next two, but guess what? What if you get knocked out and you take more damage, right? So what happens? You're gonna make seven, eight million each fight, so you make you know, 14, 16 million in the next two fights, maybe you get beat up, you get knocked out, you get an injury that bothers you the rest of your life, whatever. So guess what? We can make 15, 20 million sitting on this couch off of you being whatever. And if you lose those fights too, not only do you get knocked out, you get more damage, whatever, yeah. what happens to your Q rating? What happens to your reputation? What happens to your marketing and your branding? And your what happens to your reputation? If you lose, let's say three out of the, your next five fights, because these guys were catching up to GSP, they were catching up to them. So it's like, it, and that's what I wrote, it makes perfect sense when you think in the long term and you think of your long term sort of curating or your sponsorship muscle. Yeah. It's like, so guys that think long term like that, like Floyd and GSP, they get it. They I, get it. I wonder what uh, George Foreman's curating was before the Foreman Grill came out. <laughs> you know, like he made like what, a few hundred million dollars off you know, that, that endorsement. You know? I think they offered it to somebody else too. I never would have saw that one coming, you know. So Floyd and them, they really are like they're they're like Harvard MBAs and Stanford MBAs should study Floyd Mayweather and what he did, um, and of course what Dana White and Fertitas did too. But they should study that and it'd be like it, it really was genius. However, what you said is true. Yeah. There is the appearance that he ducked other fighters in their prime and waited to fight them until they were sort of on the down, they were on the down slope. And then he would see vulnerability and he'd be like, I almost also think too, it took risk away because when he would wait, I think he already knew this, you know, when he would look at other fighters, like really good fighters like Pacquiao or De La Hoya, I think he knew this is how he would beat them. But there's something to be said for like when Shane Mosley loses a couple fights, then somebody else definitively shows you the blueprint and then it kind of makes a fighter more confident like okay once somebody beats 
these other elite fighters, right, that, that you're kind of avoiding. And it kind of sets the template, it sets the blueprint for, okay, this is how you beat, like, Ricky Hatton. He didn't, even Ricky Hatton, he fought Ricky Hatton, when Ricky Hatton was, like, beat, you know, he probably would have destroyed Ricky Hatton at any, at, at any point, Ricky, but he fought Ricky Hatton when Ricky Hatton had taken so much, you know, damage and was on the down downside. And, you know, he, he just he just was very risk-averse. He really didn't like to take fights. Again, if you think like a business person, though, it makes sense. So they were thinking like business people, which is, business people are risk averse, right? They don't like, if you're mega money, Wall Street, you don't, you don't like risk, right? You, you, that's your big thing. Your big thing is not upside. It's upside, but what's your risk? And you're going to, and you're thinking poker terms and so it's like, okay, really smart people are always, they're not just thinking of this is the upside. Reward ratio. I'm the best and this is the upside. Yeah. They're thinking, okay, what can go wrong? And what can go wrong goes wrong a lot of the times. Yeah. So they were, yeah, it, it does. It has well, a way of doing it. Right? Uh, what can go wrong? So, so someone's not Newton's law, but uh, Murphy's law. Murphy's law. Murphy's law. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they thought he brought in these business savvy guys, and the one thing that I always think he doesn't get enough credit for too, because his relationship with Al Heyman and 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 Leonard Ellaby. The thing he doesn't get credit for is that a lot of people bring in managers and then the first time something goes wrong, they'll fire them, they'll blame them, and it's easy to not get along and say, you know, you're you're screwing me over. And the one thing about Floyd is he was really loyal to those guys. He believed in them. He was like, he trusted them. And so they've had a long relationship. And so part of the magic of what's happened is it's, it's not just about fighting. It's not just about business savvy. It's not just about risk management. It's about a relationship. Like the, their relationship, they trust each other, they like each other, and that's that's hard to get. When you imagine if you work with people and you're like, imagine getting along with people. Because this is what happens a lot of times, especially in boxing. What happens is they start making a lot of money, and then Floyd will say, "Wait, I made a billion, but you guys just made 150 or 200 million off of me. You guys got too much." Like, there's a lot of athletes that say that. They'll be like, "Bro." Okay, you guys are getting too much. Like Leonard, you're getting fifteen percent. Like you really don't deserve fifteen percent. Like Al, you're getting like this is a total way a lot of athletes think. Right? As soon as the as soon as big money, movie, that's like a big part yeah. of the whole plot. Yeah, yeah. And that that happens a lot in MMA because the the manager's cut is usually about twenty percent, and so a lot of times what happens is you know these managers get these guys in the UFC, they negotiate the contracts, and once these guys are in the UFC for a long time and they they're winning and their paychecks get bigger and they start looking and say, God, I'm giving the manager 20%. He really doesn't do that much. And so let me just cut out my manager. And that happens a lot. Uh, and sometimes the managers deserve it because they're not bringing any extra. They're not bringing sponsorships to the table or whatever. But, but that happens a lot where, like, in the fight world, there's a lot of finger pointing. Someone loses one or two fights. Sure. Someone's taken a lot of the money from the cookie jar and guys are like, so that's amazing what Floyd and them were able to do is they, at least publicly, they never finger-pointed. They always put a united front. It's always like me, Al, and Leonard will sit down and think about it. And, like, they've been, like, Midas touch. I mean, like, they've, like, that's the thing I think is, like, when I even look at Floyd, not, again, as a boxer, there's nobody else in boxing, okay? There's nobody else that could fight, like I remember one fight, might have been Pacquiao fight, 
the first five rounds, he's fighting Pacquiao. Pacquiao's a legend. Yeah. When he fought Pacquiao, now Pacquiao wasn't at his peak, but neither was Floyd, right? right? So two guys a little bit past their prime. Bro, the first five rounds against Pacquiao, he fought Pacquiao five different ways. Mm-hmm. He showed Pacquiao five different looks, just like a pitcher with like, imagine a pitcher with five pitches. Like you got a knuckleball, a curveball, a fastball, a changeup, and a slider, and you have equal confidence in all of them. Like it, you fight somebody like Pacquiao, you'd be like, okay, Let's tighten it up. Like, we can't do all this stuff against him, right? Dude, he fought Pacquiao five different ways the first five rounds. I was like, dang. I mean, that's, that's like, that's pretty masterful, you know? Now, he didn't, he didn't look beautiful or brilliant, but I'm saying for somebody with a trained eye who knows fighting and who's watching, you're like, damn, this dude's doing, like, he's just doing what he wants to do. And how do you, and, and what that does, I guess he's smart with Pacquiao, like, he didn't really give Pacquiao a chance to, to, to time him because he's like, I'm going to show you throw so many different looks. You're, I know you're a big puncher, but you're going to be off balance because you're, you're not going to know what I'm going to do. So he just constantly kept Pacquiao off balance, you know? Like, he's just, he's, he's very cerebral like that. So, I, I, you know, I have a lot of, uh, there's things, you know, now remember I've covered, like, criminal cases with Floyd. I've covered things like that, you know, where there were this. So he, he's, he's been in some, some stuff, but... Just the domestic things, right? Was uh, his wife or girlfriend? Yeah, and she and she actually she's she had a, an untimely like she had an accident or something or whatever or something. They found her. I think it might. Have, I don't know if it was carbon monoxide or what it was, but it's tragic. She's actually. I think it might have been a. Might have been a. She might have taken her own life, but that's a really sad. Like, but he's a guy. There's just like a lot of people like there's things that that you know you could look at and you could criticize there's a lot of room for criticism um but on the other hand he has developed and the one thing i there's a couple of things i really respect about him number one the guy never drinks so he would go out yeah he'd go out to 2 a.m to the nightclubs drink right? water and then he would run home yes and have a jog. security tons, like, this tons. Oh, for real yeah. he'd be like let's go. we need to jog yeah i think um, his, his work ethic is yeah, on the night. yeah so i'd like that and then i also <laughs> admire that um he he takes care of a lot of people yeah like he you could say whether well, freeloaders or whatever but he has a heart like for the people he, he probably i mean just that i knew of because i knew a guy that used to work in his camp and knows him well and, and uh there were at least 40 50 people that floyd takes care of and i'm sure it probably is even more um like we could say well that's not a good thing but it's like you have to have a heart to you know a lot of people would be like it's my money i'm not helping anybody right yeah he was like he's like hey this is my aunt this is my cousin and i actually respect that coming from baltimore i I respect that the guy like like it's like if you and i knew each other we were boys from whatever like if i make it it's like he's kind of like kind of the hood thing where like if i make it you we make it you know like that's actually kind of cool you know you could go broke you know you could also go broke doing that but but you could go broke right that's why people, like a lot of people predicted that like Floyd, Floyd's going to lose all his money because he gambles too much and he goes out and he's got too many people around him. But when you're making 80 million, 100 million a fight, yeah, then, you know, 100 and some million of some fights. Yeah, wasn't it the, uh, I guess the, uh, well, actually it was the one before the, um, the uh, Con- Conor McGregor one. He was, he got like, Two hundred or yeah, it's two like two hundred twenty million or something. That was Pacquiao. I was like two hundred. I think it was a Pacquiao. Yeah, it's crazy money. You know, and the thing is with his gambling, yeah, he, 
I'm sure, like every gambler, he loses, but he wins too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he wins too. You know, it's like he, he's not always losing. It's like right. he's he's uh, you know, like you were saying that you gotta respect. There's things to not like about everybody, but he's got some qualities. Like, you know, think about this. He'd been training boxing since he was two, okay? He started, his uncle was a world champion, Roger. His dad, Floyd, was a phenomenal, you know, really good boxer. So he grew up in a boxing family. But you would think a lot of times from the age of two, think about how many people would just burn out, even if you had, like, a talented uncle or, sure. or a dad. Yeah. Even if you had it in your genes and they, were, and they had you, people yeah. would just burn out, man. Yeah. Like, that dude just kept, like, you know, he just kept, like you're saying, he, he, he'd go to clubs and he'd be like, okay, let's jog six miles tonight. It's 2 a.m. Let's, uh, let's, let's jog. And the one thing I'll say about him, too, that was phenomenal, that dude, and I believe he could still do it, that dude can box 20 rounds and not be tired. He's got the best cardio, and I think it's because he's so efficient. Like, his movement's so efficient, he doesn't waste movement. You watch him. Watch Floyd Mayweather in a round 12. You never see him tired. Watch him in round 12. It's the same output as round one. You never see, like, Floyd Mayweather, like, huffing, puffing. Like, never. His cardio is, is just... And I think, again, it's, it's, it's not just his cardio. It's also his mindset. He doesn't waste energy. He doesn't, he doesn't waste fight or flight. And he, I think he's great with his breathing. And I also think that he's just very economical. He doesn't waste motion, like kind of like Larry Bird or somebody. It's like mm-hmm. these are masters of economy when he moves. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you never see him like get over, you know, he's, he's always on balance. He's always aware of where he is. He's a master of posture and positioning. So I'm like, that's one thing too. Like I've never seen a dude like, it, it's round 12. Like this guy, you know, he's supposed to slow down. He doesn't slow down. I mean, even at, 39 he, he doesn't like he can he can get on his bike and just be like you know, I'm like damn like this 36, 36 minutes and uh, even watch the way he fought Conor McGregor he fought Conor I, like I said Floyd's a chameleon like he fought Conor in a way we've never seen him he walked Conor down we've never seen him just, just, I mean that's weird you know like that's like that's like what guys do in the gym against guys right normally guys won't do that he just did this Conor like yeah, that's what does that mean he was doing? So walking a guy down, it's almost like people who are really, first of all, Connor did do phenomenal for a guy that did a box, yeah, for a guy that's never been a pro boxer right. to go in there with the best of the last yeah. quarter century is phenomenal until the last nine rounds. Yeah. But having said that, it's clear also that Floyd carried him. Carrying him means it's kind of like if you're you know, a guy in the boxing gym, you're the younger professional, I'm the veteran, and I just walk you down. It's almost like I'm just getting work, like I'm just having fun with you, I'm just doing whatever I want, and I'm just, I'm letting you land. I'm letting you land, I'm studying you, and then I'm gonna pick the time of when I'll turn it up on you. That's what they call carrying a guy. Carrying a guy is like, I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll carry you, I'll let you, maybe I can take you out around three or four, but I'm gonna, I need the work. I'm so kind of like a rope-a-doop and on the ropes. So. Yeah, I'm just gonna sit here, you're not that big of a threat to me. I can take anything you throw. You can't do anything to me. And then whenever I want to turn it up on you, I'll turn it up on you. We're, I'm just in another league. So that's what it means carrying. You see that more in gyms sometimes, where there's guys in gyms that'll just be like, let me just light up this rookie. You know? Then there's other guys that'll be like, nah, need the work. 
I'll carry him. I don't want to just annihilate him, you know. I need to work on him. Let me watch the punches. Watch how he sets everything up. But walking him down means, walking him down also means, I don't think you can hurt me. So he did walk Connor down. Walking a guy down means, I really don't think you can hurt me. You can't knock me out. You know? It wasn't like he didn't drop his guard, though, right? I mean, yeah, but it's not like he ran, though. I mean, he could have just sat there, but he's just sitting there like, you know, he, he didn't drop his guard. No, he could. I mean, the left hand is, Connor's left hand is always there. But, but at the same time, to a trained eye, Floyd was always in control of that fight. Floyd, that, that fight was going how Floyd wanted it to go. And, and, and to the trained eye, it did, I mean, to the untrained eye, it didn't seem perfect. To the trained eye, it's like Floyd was doing actually everything he wanted to do. I think he wanted fans to. Yeah, they wanted to. They paid a lot of money. I think yeah. it was like $80 or something for that pay per view. You know, in Mexico, we were, uh, was in uh, Playa Carmen. They were showing it for, for like just the bars. Like, you didn't even have to pay like any kind of entrance fee. And most of the places just had it on for free. I don't know if the licensing yeah. is different uh, in some countries, but yeah, it was it was completely free. Like, we were just at a pizza place. Like, it wasn't even a bar. And they, we were just looking outside, and like, everyone was watching. Yeah. It's weird how you remember where you were, you know, during those kind of. Yeah. But but I think he thought too, and just and I'm very familiar with Floyd's psychology, studying him for a lot of years, and I think he thought. But by the way, I think he'll fight again. I don't think Floyd Mayweather's done. I think he'll fight. I think there'll be another 150 or 200 million dollars. He'll he'll just wait. Like I said, he's not gonna wait. He's not gonna get off the couch for 30 million. He's just not. He's at a point where he's like, look, you give me 150 million in a fight that's pretty easy for me to win, and I'll do it. You know, mm-hmm. and. Um, but, yeah, he, 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 I think he realized, like, look, people say I'm boring. All these people are paying their money. I want to give people something to remember. I want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy watching it. I don't think Connor's a threat to me unless I was stupid and put my hands down completely and, and let a left hand land because Connor does have a laser left hand. But I think he just thought, you know, I, I'm, I've been doing this a long time. This is my gig. This is my sport. I'm a king of this sport. And... The only chance you would have is if I got stupid, and I think he just thought like, okay, I could probably finish this, take a little chances, probably finish this in round three or round four or something. But uh, they were in the same weight class, he, right? He, like uh, kind of had a he had a bigger. No, Connor's bigger. Connor's bigger. Connor's probably Connor's probably twenty pounds, mm-hmm. twenty twenty to twenty five pounds bigger. Yeah. Floyd's maybe a, walks at maybe one hundred and fifty. Connor walks at one seventy four, one seventy five. So. So, and the other thing is, Connor does, is known to get tired, and I think he knew, look, that left hand is going to be a lot less of, you know, late, later on, Connor will, will not have the same mustard, the same juice on his punches, so, yeah. but yeah, he, he was, he was, great performance by Connor, all things considered, um, but yeah, Floyd was, Floyd was totally in control of that whole thing, and that fight went exactly the way Floyd wanted it to go. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was holding back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, by the way, he's never fought like that ever. Like, and he might have fought like that in the gym. He's never fought like that in a boxing match. Like, and that's why I say he is, he is like a genius in the sense, because like, think about it. Like, think about being that versatile where you can pretty much do whatever you want to do against good fighters. Like, you can pretty much do, you can win any number of ways. Like, that's, it doesn't always get appreciated because people like to see barn burners. They like to see rock'em sock'em robots. They like to see guys fighting a phone booth and who wants it more and bite down on your mouth guard and blood. And 
But Floyd, you know, think about that too. Like he, he's genius in that he hasn't taken that many punches and his brain still works. Like his brain's gonna work the rest of his life. Like he's been in like one of the most dangerous sports in the world. He's fought the best. Mm-hmm. And his brain's gonna work for the next 40 years. How many guys at that level can have all that money and have their wits? Like on a lot of levels, he, yeah, he, was he the most exciting fight? Not even, not even close. I mean, he's not the most exciting fighter, not even close. There's a hundred people that are more. One of the best dressed, I think, though. <laughs> yeah. Bro, when he used to talk, talk stuff, though, because he calmed it down after he got out of prison. Remember, he went to prison for, to jail for like six months. And he came out softer and nicer. But before that, I mean, his, his interviews were... You know, they were, they were interesting to watch. He was, was this from the Khabib thing with the throwing... Did he get in trouble for that? I forget. When he, no, uh, it wasn't Floyd, but... Oh, Floyd. Floyd got in trouble, I think, for, like, violating. Like, he uh, he, he had gotten into something. I think it was domestic, and then he got... I think he got, like, a six-month jail sentence. And, uh, and then uh, and then when he came out, he was much more contrite, much more respectful, much softer, much nicer in front of the camera. But before that, he was, like, very much like... Um, you know, pretty much like I'm the greatest, I'm the this, and it was just all, it was just all, um, it was just all about me, 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 I, 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 and, and it was coming, coming from more of a hostile, angry space, which I understand for a fighter, but then when he came out, he came, he did come out nicer, he came out like, like, like he had reflected, and like somebody had talked to him, or he talked to himself, and he came out, and, uh, and you could see a definitive, like, nicer Floyd after that, um, in public at least, you know. So I always like, that's actually one guy I never got to, I never got to interview Floyd. That's of all the people, and I've interviewed a lot of people, but and I was in Vegas. I just never got to interview him. Never did. Maybe I got to change that. Maybe I got to make some calls and be like, I want to interview Floyd Mayweather. I got to make that a priority. Yeah, I got to do that. All right, buddy, I'm going to... Whatever.